Hello and welcome to another episode of That's What People Do. And as promised, this episode is going to be a little bit different because it's going to be a little bit darker. So opposite the table to me, as always, we have Ryan McGowan. Hello. Uh, we also should um, clarify as well. This is the version of That's What People Probably Shouldn't probably Do. Probably shouldn't do. And with what, what, what should people probably not do? Mess with demons. Mess with demons. And two people decided to mess with demons. Yeah, they did. Um, so yeah, this is the story of the Warrens. You might have heard of them. Famously, their adventures inspired films like Annabelle, The Conjuring, uh, Amityville Horror, Mm-mm. kind of. Mm-mm. I do not do horror films. I like horror films, but I don't do horror films. If I'm watching a horror film, I have to watch it about 12 o'clock in the afternoon. And then, then I've got all day to kind of get over it and realise it was just a film. But it's then just when you get film. into bed, it like creeps into your back of your mind. Exactly. And then I lay in bed at night and my brain goes, oh, Ryan, should we just quickly go over what we did today? Oh, yeah. You remember that horror film you watched earlier? <laughs> you know that like, that tapping you can hear outside your bedroom door? Yeah. 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 You see that man at the end of your bed? Yeah. Oh, I don't, Maybe. I can't. I can't. I can't. I, 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 there's a bit in my brain that says ghosts cannot exist. Like, if if you were to take the world away right now, gone, blow yeah. it up, boom, gone, nothing there. The ghosts just float around in space. What happens to them? Because, like, yeah, that's the, a fair people point. say, like, ghosts are, like, attached to a house. Okay, well, if you demolish the house, is the ghost gone? No, the ghost is still in that area itself. Like, it's but still in that area. But there's stories of, like, um, houses being knocked down and rebuilt brick for brick somewhere else, and the ghost moves with that house. There's yeah, stories exactly. like that. And then what also I don't get... Why are there no ghosts older than Victorian ghosts? Why are there no caveman ghosts? You Where are they? Good points, sir. Maybe there are. They're just, they're just a bit thick and don't know how to... Maybe. Maybe that... I don't know. Maybe um, the, oh, I mean, we haven't even started on the warrants yet, but... Um, Sorry, yeah. I, I got really into that where, real quick. Where my granddad's office is in Birmingham, um, the story is outside on the... It's a quiet road. Uh, every now and then you can see a fleet of Roman soldiers walking down the road, God. except you can only see them from their knees up. Oh, I've heard of this. Because the road would have been lower at the time. Oh. Yeah. That's mad. Because, right, there, there's, you know, Gettysburg in America. Yeah. There's that massive massacre that happened the during the American Civil War. The most northern battle of the Civil War. Right. Fact for the day. They are. I did not know that. <laughs> most northern battle in the American Civil War. Because yeah. obviously promote, most of it was fought in the South, wasn't yeah. it? Uh, right. The, apparently people in like Gettysburg they, they people visit there and whatever and they can hear like the gunfights yeah. and screams of people and some people have claimed to see people running yeah. around like fighting mate it's crazy isn't it it's mad it's right. a mad, Sorry, mad yeah. world so we're, yeah we're talking about the Warrens and whether are... you believe or don't believe it's interesting to discuss oh, absolutely uh, yeah let us know if you're into ghosts and whatnot, and uh, we'll, we'll probably post some uh, ghostly pictures on our Instagram as well there's a lot of pictures to go with this to be fair yeah so, so yeah we like to, I like to put up some pictures obviously these are like for myself and James to have a look at whilst we're doing the pod just so we've got a cool idea as like what we're looking at um, but we're also we're also going to be like posting <sighs> these on our phone. Instagram and Facebook so you can see those as well so you see what we're seeing which is real cool oh you've missed one of the most famous pictures that I'm going to have to go up for you but oh, anyway yeah I'm going to have to have a look at it whatever it is um so, okay. The Warrens. Yes. Ed Warren, born 1926. Lorraine, originally Lorraine Moran, born 1927, both in Bridgeport, Connecticut, United States of America. Uh, Bridgeport was a fishing town turned into like a shipbuilding turned into industrial centre. Um, by the 1930s, Ed and Lorraine would have been like six or five. And Bridgeport was a booming town with over 500 companies operating out of there. Mm-hmm. So things were happening in this town. 
Oh, yeah, big time. Um, and Ed, always, as he was growing up, in a haunted house from the ages of 5 to 12, saying, as we like to do quotes here, Ryan, take the quote. It's my turn. Quote, My father, who was a police officer at the time, would often say, Ed, there's a logical reason for everything that happens in this house, but he never came up with a logical reason. My family would all go to bed, and just around 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, many times I would hear the closet door beginning to open. At first... I'd look into the closet and see only shapeless darkness. Then, slowly, I'd start to see a light beginning to form, and it would morph into a ball-like shape, sort of like a basketball, and then I'd begin to see a face in that ball. That is called a ghost globule. In that globule was a face, face of an old woman, and she was not looking at all pleasant. The globule would then come out into my bedroom, and then accompanied by audible footsteps and heavy breathing, the room would then become icy cold an unnatural cold, a psychic cold. And I'm saying to myself, Ed, there's a logical reason for everything. But by that time, I was out of the bed, right in between my mother and father in their bed. If I saw the face of an old woman in a light in my room, I'm 23 and I would be in bed with my mum and dad. There's no way I'd stay in a room by myself if that was going on. I mean, my default would probably just be to go under my covers because you know that is the that safest is the place default. in the world. That is the default. Why is that a thing? Like, why do kids the covers do that? is safe? Even nowadays, if I have my foot off the edge of the bed, monsters are gonna get it. I've. Do you know what? I've actually got quite a bit better at that. I used to have that thing. If your feet are out, your monsters can get you. Yeah. Now it's so hot at this time of year. Yeah, it's boiling. Right? I I don't care. <laughs> but I I can be on top of the covers, but I have to be within the confines of the mattress. Oh, so you can't have a foot hanging off? Nah. Right, so does your bed have an under bit that you can put no, stuff no, under? No, no, I have a really low bed. Yeah, mine's, is it a du- du- duvan or something? Du- what are they called? I can't remember. I don't know. Like a bed that goes all the way down. Nothing under gaps. I'm not having gaps under my bed. I'm not having nothing where See, things mine's can kind of like a, a, it's got like a, the bed frame and then the, like the mattress. It's essentially a mattress on the floor with like a bed frame around it. Sounds very... Um... It's very low because I live in a loft room so the ceiling's low. Mm. So the bed has to be Wait, low. Yeah, so you live in a loft. That's right. Yeah. That's where ghosts like to sit. Yeah. Oh, wait, you had a ghost story. Did I? Yeah, you were telling me not too long ago about the banging door. Yeah, this was mad, actually. So recently, like, I've been, um, like, really getting into, like, paranormal stuff. Like, I love listening to other podcasts about it and researching it, like, just to scare myself. I find yeah, it really yeah. interesting. And um, there was this story about um, this doll. Like, uh, what doll was it? There's so many dolls. I think it was Robert the Doll or Howard the Doll or something. What? And they say, if you hear about this doll and you research it and look at pictures, the doll can attach to you. Did you Sorry, send me a picture of that doll? Probably. Yeah, I showed you. So, um, oh, that's right. Yeah, you did. And then I was like, nah, nonsense. And then the one night, three in the morning, I woke up to the sound of someone like banging on my door, like proper knocking on my door. And I thought, oh my God, like someone's dying. Like the house is burning down. Someone's yep. trying to get me out of this room. Yep. But the thing is, I woke up and I stared at my door and the banging didn't stop. So I was I was awake and the banging was still going on. You I thought, stood up in your room. Yeah, and I thought, right, so like something's going on here. And then my door creaks as it opens and that creak happened so loud. And I was staring at my door and it wasn't moving. Why are you still stood up staring at your I'm door? I'm not even standing up. I'm lying down in bed. I haven't moved. Okay. And it was just, it was, it sounded like it was moving. I was like, nah, this isn't on. So I text my, oh, we have a family WhatsApp. So I WhatsApped it and was like, um, is everyone all right? Like, what's, what's the noises? And I got a response at like six in the morning being like, what? And I was like, did you not hear that banging? And everyone's like, no. <sighs> and then, I haven't seen you since this. We'll get onto the warrants in a minute. Okay. Like, I had sleep paralysis for the first time ever the other night. Okay, tell me about ever. it. Ever. Like, I don't know why paranormal things keep happening to me or spooky things. I was in bed 
and like I was locked and I looked over and like, I was staring at the shadow and the shadow turned into what can only be described as like claw hands. What? And they were like clawing at the side of the bed, like quickly like coming towards me. Like it was fucking horrible. This happened to me like about a week ago. Fuck off. Nah. Sleep paralysis is mad. The first time in my life it's ever happened. And I think it's because like I'm researching so much stuff of paranormal it's stuff at the your, minute. It's on your mind. Yeah, it's just constantly on my psyche. So I need to stop. I can't wait for the football season to come back so I can go back to football podcasts. Mate, I, I will sit there on YouTube and fall, in, fall down a YouTube hole with a rabbit and just dive into these videos. You can get and, into and some then I regret some, it. Like, there's some messed up stuff. Obviously, we can't be a paranormal podcast, but there are countless stories and most of them are fucking mad. Maybe maybe we should do it. No, we can't because I won't sleep ever again. We're not doing a, <laughs> we're not doing a paranormal podcast. I'm sorry if you're interested in one. We're not doing one. Just just look ones up. There's yeah, many. Have a look because I'm never. But gonna we're going to cover some big stories in this episode. So. so yeah, where were we? Where were we? Um, you just finished that quote. The Ed had seen a glow. Yeah, he ghost used to see gobble. ghost globules, and it used to be a woman, and she would have audible footsteps and heavy breathing. That's the worst part. If mm. you heard someone breathing, but mm-hmm. um. He worked as an usher at a local colonial theatre, and at the age of 16, he met Lorraine at the theatre, who was also 16, and he said, I'd see Lorraine coming in, and we'd start talking, and we became friends. So he is not in the friend zone. He officially broke out the friend zone, so if Top you man. need to know, you want to be listening to Ed Warren. Yeah. He knows how to get out of the friend Just zone. Just get involved with ghosts and demons. And Literally, the zone right? not a problem Oh, anymore. got another quote. One night, I walked her home and asked for a date, and that's how it all started, if you don't ask. You don't get. I mean, that sounds pretty straightforward, but a lot of people don't do that, do they? Literally. Uh, they grew up in the same area, and her family attended the theatre that Ed worked at. So that's naturally um, how they like got to know each other. Mm-hmm. And it says here she psychically knew that she was going to marry Ed. She just knew that she was going to marry Ed. So yeah, we need to sort of dive into that bit. We need to. We need. To, I think we need to discuss. Uh, yeah, Lorraine. Lorraine um, is a clairvoyant. Yeah, like a medium. Yeah, so yeah, she's kind of a medium. She can pick up on ghosts and spirits and uh, demons and whatnot, and she can sense their presence. Yeah, and she and, can like talk to them essentially. Yeah, and so this this that actually does really come uh, come really into fruition later on when they start working as a team and start actually hunting for ghosts and well, hunting for ghosts, but like investigating them and stuff like that. And uh, I think we do actually talk about it a bit later as well. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Anyway, Ed went off to join the US uh, Navy and serve in WW2 when he was 17. <laughs> That's World War II for all <laughs> those who don't know. Um, and his ship was sunk in the North Atlantic and mm. he was sent back home on survivor's leave for 30 days. And that is when he married Lorraine. Uh, he went back. He continued to serve the rest of World War II. And afterwards, they had a daughter who would be the only child, um, Judy Warren, who herself had uh, four kids. Um, yeah, with her husband, who has now taken an active role in the Warrens investigations and now runs their museum, which I'm sure we will get onto. Yeah, so that's later Tony. on. So I don't know what it is, but uh, Le- Judy, for some reason, is just not that into it. Like, I mean, if husband. my parents were like, "We're going out to hunt demons today," I'd be like, "Don't tell me about it when you get home. Yeah, don't care. Just don't, don't bring any know. of that shit home with you. Don't bring your shit to work." Which they fucking did. They brought everything home with them. We'll everything. Get onto it. Right. Fucking knobs. After the war, Ed chose to take up his love of art and went to Perry Art School. So he was a nice guy, he's doing art. Mm. Um, he left fed up with things, saying... He could paint better than those instructors. What they're teaching me is a lot of geometry and a lot of nonsense that I don't need for painting. Little did he know how popular geometric tattoos would become. Yeah. <laughs> Silly man. 
Uh, he bought a car for $15 and decided to make money selling his own work. So drove up to Massachusetts. What is it with this podcast and fucking Massachusetts? Massachusetts. Can everyone just stop being born in Massachusetts? <laughs> I can't say it. It's simple, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> With Lorraine, and they started selling uh, his art to tourists, and they did pretty well on this. Um, selling some works for up to $5, which back then was not too bad, and works out around uh, $87 or 70 English pounds. That's not too bad, actually. Selling a piece of artwork, 70, 70 quid, quid a yeah. And he's just making those out of a car. Yeah, that's decent. I might, I might try it. That's all right. Um, it was through his art he would enter the world of paranormal investigations. Mm. He would hear about potentially haunted houses and drag Lorraine there. <laughs> Like, Sounds Lorraine, fun. Lorraine, quick, quick, quick. I've heard <laughs> Lorraine, house. We've got to go. There's a demon in here. Quick. <laughs> it's important to know that Lorraine at this time did not think there was such things as ghosts. Yep. But Ed would always remind her of his childhood in the haunted house. She's like, Ed, what are you on about? There's no such thing as ghosts. Lorraine, you have to listen to me. There are ghosts. I've seen them. <laughs> I saw them as a child. My dad said there was always a logical reason, but there wasn't one for this one. God, there's always ghosts. So she was either going to divorce him because he's crazy or get heavily involved. Yeah. Yeah. She had to, like, she was married to him at this point. So I suppose she was kind of like, uh, whatever okay you have to pick All up right, your, your spouse's hobbies don't you, you? gotta make money um now these guys are just kids with a fascination for haunted houses nobody is gonna let them just rock up and say excuse me can i sit in your haunted house so ed would stand in the middle of the street and start to draw the house with ghosts in it he would then get lorraine to knock on the house and explain how her husband loves to draw haunted houses just a little side note imagine you're just sitting there having a cup of tea having a great time he'd get a knock at the door being like uh, my husband loves to draw haunted houses he saw like someone in your window here's the picture can we improv this okay okay um hello hi there um i just wanted to ask you uh, that's my husband over there stood in the middle of the road just looking at your house rather menacingly for the last four hours. Uh, he's been painting a picture of your house. Now, I don't know if you know, but I've heard that your house is haunted. Do you know? Um, We've had some strange goings on. Oh, you have? Excellent. So my husband's kind of really into this stuff. And so, um, Ed, 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 come here. Come, they're into it. Come here. <laughs> so this is Ed. Hi, my name's Ed. Uh, Ed is really into the paranormal. Yeah, that's right. I'm really into the paranormal. Um, I really like paranormal stuff. Yes, and Ed's been drawing a lovely picture of your house. Look, uh, Ed, do you want to show him the picture? Yeah, here's your picture. Look at that. Look at all those ghosts just hanging out the windows. Look at that. Look at all those ghosts. Are you into ghosts? Can we come in and have a chat about your ghosts? New. Oh, well, okay, that didn't work. But apparently she was a lot better at it because it did work. She'd like genuinely <laughs> knock on the door and go, hi, oh, yeah, my husband is stood in the middle of the road. If, someone, if, really so, if I it. saw someone painting my house in the middle of the road for hours and then knock on the door and say, here's a picture of your haunted house, I would call the police. I'd be like, please leave me alone. <laughs> that, that's the bit. It's like, here's a picture of your house. Oh, you see that blood? Don't worry about it. It's a demon. <laughs> <laughs> you, see that, you see that old woman's face in your top window? Yeah, she lives here as well. Yeah, it's like, so why is there, why is there blood smeared all over the walls? <laughs> Don't worry about it, it's ghosts. Fuck's sakes. Yeah. Stop drawing people's houses, Ed. Yeah. Anyway, that's how they began, by being completely normal people. Yeah. Um, and they were a great team. Ed would play the role of the investigator, asking the questions, and Lorraine would be the clairvoyant, which is interesting, because she said that she wasn't interested in it and just so happens to be a clairvoyant. Mm. Yeah. Which, we're going to get onto the sceptics, but I'm just going to put the word doubt out. Right. Uh, the clairvoyant, so, detecting that spirits may be lingering. Quote. Yes, so quote. Uh, if you look at a fan and it's standing still, you can see the propellers very easily. But if that fan starts up, you can't see anything. It's invisible. 
Spirits are on that different vibrational field. They're all around us right now, but you can't see them. But if you were like Lorraine, you could see them clear visually and hear them clear audially. And he's definitely made those two words up. They're not real. Clear visually and clear audio. Well, Shakespeare made words up, so so can everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Ed would say he could spend months in a building asking all the right questions and have an idea that there would be activity, but a clairvoyant can tell almost instantly. Uh, They would sometimes bring up to four clairvoyants to an investigation. Uh, Quote, We take them into a house one at a time. They don't know where they're going, what the case is about, etc. And if they all tell me the same thing, that they see a woman's spirit in a certain room or a man or a child, then I know that we're on the right track. That's literally what most haunted used to do as well. Most Haunted actually came out as fake. I think they admitted it. That's right. But Most Haunted tried to do the same thing. They would like try and get like two or three clairvoyants or mediums and yeah. come into the building and say like, oh, what do you get in this room? And they're like, oh, I see um, I see a man. Derek Corridge wandering in going, fuck. I'm going to get rumbled in. <laughs> There's that really like kind of famous meme video now of Derek Corridge going, he goes into a trance. Have you seen it? And he's like, he goes into a trance. <laughs> She's like, what, what, what was it, Derek? What is it? And he's like, oh, oh Mary. Mary loves dick. <laughs> <laughs> and he keeps saying it again and again and again. <laughs> I think he got oh, outed though Mary. on live TV. So he did like a Derek Akora live with like all the, the audience in there and he'd stand in the middle of the room and go, okay guys, I'm I'm picking up this, I'm picking up that. And then like someone would go, oh, that's me. Just like sort of how traditional, you know, psychic meet evenings go. And I think someone was like, oh, I think that's me. And he was like, oh, okay. And then continued to ask and tell him things about this person. And he was like, oh, I was just jacking with you. Like, I don't know anyone called that. <laughs> He's a Derek. Derek, a liar. Anyway, Ed may have been Catholic, but he says his thoughts on the paranormal were not always religiously driven. Quote, I do think scientifically, we do have scientists working with us. And I think theologically, and scientifically. In 1952, they created the New England Society for Psychic Research with the simple goal of investigating hauntings. However, one investigation changed all that for them. Yeah. They entered a home where the spirit of a girl named Cynthia was looking for her mother. That's always sad. Child goes always sad. Mm. Ed spoke about it, saying... This is horrible. This little child is earthbound. She's looking for her mother constantly, day in and day out. How do I help this child? The mission then changed. Not only did they want to investigate hauntings, they wanted to help the spirits and people. So the New England Society for Psychic Research don't charge fees, only expenses. Right. This is something I noticed when we were doing the research for this. We don't charge fees, we only charge expenses. And it's like, do you know how much it would cost to get you to come here to England to do a research? Like, yeah, that's a lot, a lot of money. money. Yeah. That's, that's not just... Oh, we don't charge, though. Yeah, but... Yeah, You're getting a nice holiday, haven't you? You're getting a nice holiday here. Um, Ed was very defensive over his profession, saying, Uh, There are organisations of atheists, so-called sceptical investigators, that say there is no proof scientifically that God exists, that spirits exist, that miracles occur. That's ridiculous. There's all kinds of proof. In the occult museum, we have hundreds of items. We have thousands of cases between here and the other building out there that prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that the supernatural exists. And now, for what we've all been waiting for, the investigations. Dun, 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 dun. We're going to start off with dun, 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 Annabelle. Which is the creepiest doll in the world. The creepiest doll in the world. Now, you might have heard of Annabelle because a film has recently been released about Annabelle. Mm. Um, however, the doll in the film is not that 
it, it that it's obviously been changed for Hollywood to make it creepier. However, if you look at what a Raggedy Ann doll is and look at the real Annabelle, this doll is ten times creepier than the creepy one they made in the film. Yeah, I mean we'll post a picture on Instagram, but it's horrendous. The doll in the film is creepy looking. Like, yeah, it's, but it's, it's like it's like forced creepy. It's forced creepy, right? It's like traditional. It's like traditional like uh, China doll. But it looks a bit creepy. Yeah. The real life one is damn right scary. His eyes are huge. Yeah. It's too big. It's so big. Like, there's a picture of Lorraine Warren holding it, and it's like, I don't know, like half a height. It's huge. It's crazy. So anyway, in 1970, a woman bought a raggedy Ann doll for her daughter Donna as a birthday gift. Nice gift. Uh, Donna lived with her friend Angie, and the doll began moving from chair to the floor and other no. little movements that kind of like seem normal. You know, when you're like, oh, it's just fallen off. Someone just moved mm-hmm. it, blah, blah, blah. You don't think anything of it. But eventually, stranger and stranger things started happening. They would begin noticing that the doll would be put down in one place and then would find it in a completely different room. Burn it. Burn it. Burn no, it. I'm out. I'm out already. I don't like it. Um, however, the girls would then start finding handwritten notes around the apartment that looked like they'd been scrawled by a child. Nope. 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 It's a, it's a no from me as well. Um, a friend of the girls called Lou would often come round and notes would read... Help, Lou. And... Help us. Right. Red flag. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Have you seen the the Annabelle film? I haven't. Oh, my God. There's red flags for me everywhere. Because they do this scene when... With the notes. No, I don't know. I can't remember the notes, but I do remember quite vividly one scene where um, she's in her, like, living room, and then you can see down the hallway... And like she fucking looks around, and you see this little doll just like run from one side to the other. It's, it's a no from me. No, solid no. No. Um, one day Donna returned home, and she saw that Annabelle's hand, her hands appeared to be bleeding on its own. Which, like to describe it, it looked like the blood was coming from inside of the doll. Which, yeah, <sighs> I don't know how that would happen. So concerned as you would be, I'd be somewhat concerned. She contacted a medium. The medium came round and after a quick seance told the girls that the doll was possessed by a seven-year-old girl called... Annabelle Higgins. Who had died seven years previously. Thank the doll God. explained it's just a little girl. Just a little girl, you're safe. However, the doll explained to the seance uh, that... She felt safe with Donna and Angie and didn't want to leave them. And the girls, compassionate as they were, decided we're going to keep you and we're going to look after you. So they decided to look after Annabelle. It's their nurse instincts. That's what it is. It's yeah. their, their nurses. They want to look after people. They want to care for people. And they get told out of nowhere there's a seven-year-old girl stuck in this body of a I wouldn't doll. give a shit. I'd be like, sorry, no. Yeah, I'll be saying to the medium, like, do you know how to do an exorcism? Or do you know someone <laughs> who can? Because this is not happening. This is not staying here. Um, however, Lou, if you remember, the doll, Annabelle, did not like Lou. Uh, one night, he awoke from a deep sleep, felt panicked, um, like he'd had a recurring bad dream, but it felt different. Um... He was awake, but he was unable to move. He looked around the room, but saw nothing. And then he glanced down towards his feet and saw Annabelle there, which I would literally no. shite myself. Yeah. Uh, the doll slowly began gliding up his leg, no. moved over his chest, and stopped there. The little doll's hands were around his neck in seconds, and according to the distressed man, she was strangling him. Which is good, isn't it? And Can he's frozen. He's frozen. He can't... He cannot move. He can't do she anything. doesn't even have fingers. Yeah, crazy. Uh, Luce, he blacked out and awoke the next morning, unsure of whether it was dream or reality. Because naturally, you would be like, that was a dream. That's crazy. That can't happen. Um, Lou was also hanging out in Angie's room, looking over maps and preparing for a road trip when they heard news, uh, a noise in Donna's room. Uh, but Donna wasn't actually home. Thinking it was an intruder, uh, they were frozen in fear. 
and their moods didn't improve when they realised it was Annabelle. Imagine that, just knowing, like, oh, it's Annabelle again, like, moving around. But, like... But Lou... I don't know why Lou goes around anymore. Why? I, do, you know, do, do you think he, like, fancied one of the nurse girls? I think there's some sort of relationship going on, yeah. Yeah, there must yeah. be, because that, that, there is no reason to keep going back into that place. No. Other than the fact that he's, he's with one of them. Yeah. Uh, he peeked into Donna's room, but saw no one. And Annabelle sat demure, dem, demurely? Dem, dem, yeah, yeah. Demurely on the chair... Uh, instead of the bed, which is where she was normally placed, but nothing else was amiss. He moved towards the doll, but soon felt a crippling feeling wash over him. He felt as if someone was behind him. The crippling feeling surged through his chest, and looking down, he saw claw marks appear, which is quite, um, in like paranormal and demonic um, world, three vertical claws is very common. Yep. Which is, so if you ever get that, or wake up with three claws, it means a demon's about. Um... In a panic, Lou looks around the room, realised there was no one there and no explanation. It had to be Annabelle. So naturally, they thought, right, this doll's trying to fucking kill off Ren. So we're going to get some big guns in. So they called, bum, 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 the, the Warrens. Warrens. Uh, the Warrens were contacted and came over to see what was going on. And within minutes, they just said that the uh, seance they had before with the other medium was a sham. The girl was not, the doll was not possessed by a young girl but instead a demonic presence that had attached itself to the doll. So this demon was telling them it was a little girl, but it wasn't. It just straight up wasn't a little girl. So the de- so if, I, if, I, if I'm trying to think of it like this, the, the, the medium came over and was like, um, yeah, there's a spirit here, da, 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 da. but the demon itself had almost taken over the medium and was like almost talking through the medium I, saying, I, I oh, think, it's just a seven-year-old I think girl. the medium was a sham. I think it was just bollocks. I think they got a fake one in. Maybe the demon took over, though. You never know. Maybe. Um, they explained that the demon powers were growing, and uh, mm-hmm. demons, like as they grow in power, eventually it would escalate and it would kill someone, probably Lou, because it didn't like Lou for some reason. Um, so naturally, Donna was like, I would like Annabelle to leave now, please. So the Warrens agreed to take her back home with them. As you do, we'll take the demonic doll. Why not? <laughs> um, on the journey home, Ed Warren claims that the car kept breaking down and malfunctioning. He explained he'd throw holy water on the doll mm. and then the car would start working again. So That'd the do doll it. was stopping the car it. working. Arriving home, uh, Ed sat the doll in a chair near his desk. He claims it began to levitate and then like swiftly fall. Um, over the next few weeks, it would move and cropping up around house to house. One day, a priest came to visit. Seeing the doll in the chair, he picked it up, addressed it, saying, You're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. Tossing her aside... And obviously Ed was a pool and shouted, That's the one thing you better not say. An hour later, the couple saw the priest uh, got home. A few hours later, he rang. He had his brakes cut and he t- as he turned onto a busy intersection. He'd been involved in an accident. His car was destroyed and he barely survived. So Annabelle had a go at him. He pissed off Annabelle. Yeah. He was just like, oh, you're just some raggedy and doll. Like, nothing wrong with you. And they were like, don't say that. Don't piss it off. And then he had a fucking car crash on the way yeah. home. So we, yeah. So Annabelle now is in uh, their occult museum in a case uh, with like positively do not open written on it. Um, and you can go and see it, I think. You have to be like specially invited or you can request to go and see it. You're not allowed to touch it, but you can look at it. And um, so, for the love of God, don't provoke it. Right. So this is something uh, we're hoping at some point, at some point, 
we're going to send James to the occult museum. What? This started off as like all of us, and now suddenly I'm going by myself. <laughs> you have to go out and research, James. You need to do it for the team. I will, but I'll be very fucking polite. I'll be like, hello, Annabelle, our Lord and Saviour. No, you have to provoke her. I bow her. before you. You have to provoke her and then say, <laughs> by the way, Annabelle, I'm getting a plane home, so just so you know. I'm not going to provoke her because, as we see here, a bloke came up and started challenging Annabelle. Yeah, yeah. Um, And Ed tried to warn him. He was too late. And what happened? He said, uh, son, you need to leave. Yep. So he left. And, and then, then the girlfriend told us that they were both laughing and joking about the doll when the young man lost control of the bike and crashed head on into a tree. The man died and his girlfriend survived, but was in the hospital for a year. It could be a coincidence, but that man died after challenging Annabelle. He challenged the doll and then died a couple of hours later, crashing off his motorbike. And also we need to remind the priest also had a go at the doll. And crashed his car. Yeah, so this doll don't like people having a go at her. Mm-mm. Moving swiftly on <laughs> to the Amityville Horror, another famous film. Another famous film. Uh, this starts off with a bit of a bit of a murder scene. On the night of November 13th, 1974, 23-year-old eldest son, Ronald DeFeo Jr. Also known as Butch. Also known as Butch. <laughs> uh, born September 26th, 1951. Shot his parents, two brothers and two sisters with a 35 caliber Marlin rifle. Why not? While they slept. Because uh, America. America. Uh, DeFeo entered uh, Henry's Bar in Amityville, Long Island, and claimed that his family had been shot to death. Now, looking more into this, he claimed to have no idea. He was just panicked and was screaming for help. What, he has no idea he killed them? He, no, he, he was saying that this is where we get onto like the sceptics. But at the time, investigators say that he came in and was like, oh my God, my family's been shot. Help me, help me, help me. But we know he did it. Yeah, an investigation into the home um, revealed that six people had been shot. DeFeo maintained that his family had been the victims of a mob hit, but his testimony broke down under scrutiny. The next day, he confessed, saying, yeah, I killed all of these people. Uh, after mounting an unsuccessful insanity defence, DeFeo was found guilty of six counts of murder and was eventually sentenced to six concurrent sentences of 25 years to life, so that bloke never getting out of prison. No. I, be- I think he's, he's still alive, I'm pretty sure. Really? I'm pretty sure DeFeo is still alive. He was born in 1951, so... He, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. he's still in prison. Um, DeFeo testified that he heard now. voices that told him to murder his family. Nah. Um, nah, which, that's, that's, if, that's, don't that's, listen that's to the a voices. demon, man. That's a demon's possessed him there. So we're going to fast forward to um, December 18th, 1975. The Lutz family had bought the home where the DeFeos were shot and killed. for that's a very. Just, that's just over a year later. Yeah, the, ho- the home had been empty all that year. Um, so they bought it really cheap because of the history that yeah. happened there. Uh, nobody had lived there. Um, and after they bought it, uh, George, Kathleen and the three little children had their house blessed by a priest before moving in. Because why not? Smart. Why not? Um, they lasted 28 days in the house before fleeing. Oh. And have never revealed what the final straw was that made them leave. Why have they never revealed that? This is where we get onto the sceptics, but they say it was okay. too formatic. Okay. Um, during the 28 days, they encountered many strange, many strange occurrences, like swarms of flies said to appear in the house. Uh, one of the daughters adopted an imaginary friend called Jodie. Oh, uh, George would wake up in the middle of the night to see Kathleen floating in the air. No. And she, he'd often say that her face had transformed into an old woman. No. There was also a pig person that you can see oh, in the uh, windows, and a pig person often signifies the devil. Right. So, yeah, the devil's a, about. A pig person in the windows... I'm out. Yep. Uh, Kathleen's floating. Yeah. I'm out. She's got a face of an old woman as well. I'm doubly out. There was out. also, apparently, uh, 
a dog kept barking like the dog was not happy in this house and it kept trying to kill itself apparently do you know at all if there was a uh, sounds of birds in the night because oh, uh so i was reading their book on demonology and stuff and they said that quite frequently you'll hear the sound of birds uh singing in the middle of the night but only ever from the left side of the house i don't know why that was important but they said something like that that's bizarre yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Interesting. um but and then flies, swarms of flies as well. Where do you normally get swarms of flies? Around dead things. Yeah. Th- six people died in that house. Yeah. Mm-mm. So yeah, um, there was also apparently a door in the uh, basement that they later found. They opened it and it was just a red room, just a complete red Whoa. room. And the uh, dog refused to go in. The dog would not go in. It was uh, just a bark red at the door. room. Just a red room. The room was just red. What's that about? No one knows. Who knows? Um, so naturally, they bolted. Uh, the Warrens explored the house with other investigators. Not much happened, except at the end, they snapped what is said to be one of the most famous pictures of a ghost ever. That they got it on um, a staircase, and it's oh, a photo. This is this one you're going to get me. Yeah, it's a photo of a oh, young wait. boy. No, I've seen it. I don't and like his it. His little head's like poking around the corner. Look, look it up. Look it up. I'm gonna, we're going to get the sound guys to look and it up as you, well. So they need to be horrified by this as well. You, oh. If you compare... No, I can't look at it. I can't look at it. It creeps me out too much. Uh, Check that out. Yeah. No, I can't look so yeah, at it. Yeah, we're just showing the, just some, some, the sound do is the picture. Nah. And this, this will be up on our there. Instagram as nah. well, so you'll be able to see this. Uh, but if you compare it to the picture of the DeFeo boy that got shot, it looks eerily like him. Oh that's God. the young boy that died, and that's yeah, the ghost. Same, you can see him there. He's just poking his head around the corner. But we're going to get on to Skeptics. Some people say that was staged, but... It's still creepy enough that it sits in my head. So before we get on to the um, Skepticisms, we've got one more. Uh, the Perone family. Okay. Uh, well, I would say Perron. So would I, but I listened to another podcast and they said Perone. And they were American, so I, kind of, I just want to follow them. I kind of need to go with it. Um, and if you don't know, this is the story that inspired the film The Conjuring. Ah, uh, yes, that's a that's a scary film, man. Fucking shit myself. In the 1800s, an alleged witch called uh, Bathsheba Taya lived on land, which would eventually become the home of the Perones. Uh, and this is the film The Conjuring. It's said that Bathsheba cursed the land, sacrificed her baby to the devil, and then hung herself. <sighs> As you do, casual Sunday. Um, Caroline Perone and her husband Roger and their five children moved into what they thought was a charming old farmhouse in rural Rhode Island. Uh, it was the winter of 1970. Locals called the house the old Arnold estate, and it was quickly unleashed into its malevolence of its new tenants. Um, Carol told the journal, Providence Journal she was awakened soon after moving in by a very tall woman in an old grey dress with their head hanging to the side as if, like, imagine someone who's hung in their, like, natural posture. Mm-mm. Like, effectively that, resembling a sack of cobwebs. Um, it was she who delivered the ominous warning that the Perones needed to find another place to live. Imagine waking up and someone's by your bed and they're like, you need to leave, you need to get out, find somewhere else to live. No. I'll be like, okay, absolutely, see you later. Like, Have a good can, one. You, can you please go away first and I'll do it? Um, in the family's accounting of the years in the house, Bathsheba resorted to more threats. She got physical, um, starting with pinches and slaps and just working up from there. Carol was her fucking target. She went for Carol. Mm. And the family says that um, she was ultimately threatened with images of fire and even stabbed with a knitting needle. Um, However, despite being the most violent, Bathsheba was far from the only spirit tormenting them. 
the family experienced an overpowering smell of flesh rotting and, and watched as beds rose from the floor, you know, as you do. Mm. And sometimes the heating system would fall, uh, fail mysteriously, forcing Roger to enter the basement which the Perones believed was inhabited by a spirit. Nah, I'm not going in basements. However, despite all this, the family did not move. Because if you imagine it, you've pumped your life savings into this house. Like, you've got to stay. You can't move. This is where your money is. I, I don't know, man. I, I couldn't. However, they did get professional help. Good. Uh, Lorraine and Ed Warren, who ah. this podcast is about. Um, in the film, they successfully cleansed the house of spirits. However, in real life, um, the Warrens didn't do anything. In fact, they just pissed the ghost off even more, uh, um, saying, uh, The Warrens tried to help, but we essentially found things got worse around them. Um, one night after the Warrens' arrival, Caroline was possessed by Bathsheba. A sounds conducted by Lorraine caused Caroline to speak a strange language um, and levitate in the chair. It lasted several hours and Caroline's body distorted... It's probably Caroline, isn't it? Caroline, Caroline, I don't know. Distorted until they de-demonised her. Um... Both Andy and Cindy, Andrea and Cindy, were hiding but witnessed everything and... The power of evil in this life. A lot of evil. Um, and at the end of the night, uh, worried about his wife's mental health, he told the ones to get out. He was like, you're pissing these ghosts off. You need to leave. <laughs> you're making this worse. We brought you here to help it. Yeah. And although the movie portrays the haunting ending that night, um, that didn't happen. The Perones continued to live in the house after the seance because they couldn't afford to move. Right. They just learned to live with as many as nine spirits. What? In 1980, after a decade of horrors, they finally sold the farmhouse and fled to Georgia, bidding goodbye to Bathsheba and other spirits. Or so they thought. In Andrea Perone's three-volume history of a family's haunting, she reports a final twist. Many of the ghosts had grown attached to the family and came with them, haunting them for years to come. Now we're on for the interesting part. Um, to wrap this up, the uh, the sceptics of the Warrens, because naturally, if you get involved with like uh, demons and uh, ghosts and stuff, you've well, yeah. got to be prepared to... You start coming out saying, ghosts are real, and this is the investigation we did. You, you've got to be prepared for other people to come in and say, that's all shit. And a lot of it does get disproved quite quickly. So we're going to start off with the Perone family, which we just um, mm -hmm. spoke about. Um, Bathsheba was a real woman. Like You can look it up. She was legit. Right. Um, records indicate she married a man named uh, Judson Sherman and had four children, three of whom unfortunately died in childbirth. All right. So that's a shame for her. Yeah. Um, but at least one historian says she got a bad rap in the film The Conjuring. Um, he writes how the real Bathsheba is... Um, right, he wrote about her. Um, says the Perone family may actually be haunted, but Bathsheba wasn't a witch. Childhood deaths weren't uncommon in the 19th century. And um, there's no evidence that any of the children were murdered. Um, all three children are buried nearby uh, in a cemetery. Bathsheba and her husband are buried there too. And he says that a 19th century town would never have allowed her to be buried in a cemetery if they believed she was practicing the dark arts. That's fair enough, actually. Um, Lorraine claimed that the hauntings were because of the Perone's lack of religious faith, which to me just sounds like religious rambling. Right, yeah, yeah. So if someone comes at me and starts professing religious stuff I kind of dismiss them quite quickly mm. Amityville uh, this one's a really interesting one because this one fully gets disproved um, in a 2002 primetime live interview that Ronald DeFeo Jr. gave from prison so he's still about yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, recount, he recounted his testimony he took it back explaining that his parents were or he uh, revisited sorry 
explaining that his parents were abusive and that he did commit the murders while drunk and high on heroin. So he wasn't possessed at all. No, he was just off his fucking nut. Right. Uh, For 14 months after the Lutzes fled the house, it stood empty, and then a family called the Cromarty family moved in in the spring of 77. But as the phenomenon grew, um, they were the two doubting voices. Uh, The entire time they owned the house, which lasted a decade, bear in mind the Lutzes lasted 28 days, Mm. they said that they had experienced nothing. Not one thing happened. Um. That should have been good news. Uh, they bought the house cheap because of the bad publicity. They bought it mm. for $55,000, which is dirt cheap for a house that size. Yeah. Um, instead of spirits, the Cremites complained, they were haunted by what can only be called as paranormal tourists, which is essentially people would just come, knock on the door, want to get pictures, want to investigate, which would piss me off as well. Mm. If people were like, can we take pictures of your house, please? It's, well, it's, it's, Ed, it's Ed and Lorraine Warren when they're starting out. Yeah, exactly. So, like, no, this is disproving that this probably didn't exist. Um, Weber, um, Weber was quite prepared to call it a lie. Um, Weber, uh, William Weber, the uh, he was the attorney, I think, for the um, Cromarties, I believe. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he went to the press, or no, for the Lutzes even, and he went to the press and told them that the Lutzes had made up the entire fucking story. Damn. Um, while he said that, they did claim to have some kind of supernatural experience in the house. He said it was only his help that they began to elaborate, elaborate the details. Like, you know, the famous green slime coming down the walls and mm-hmm. stuff? Like, nonsense. Oh, right. Like, and the flies, like, absolute nonsense. Okay. He explained later that he'd been approached and told by a publisher that they would offer a large advance for a book on the DeFeo case, and he tried to get the Lutzes to go in with him. So effectively, he went up to these people and was like, act like your house is haunted, we're going to get fucking rich. Mm. Um, so they could split the royalties between the DeFeo himself, and effectively... Uh, effectively paying him for the murder. Exactly. Like, you're going to... This man's making money in prison. Yeah, so which he, is, he, got, he murdered his parents uh, and his family and their ghosts will be lied about and he will get money for it as well. Hey, yeah. That's dodgy. Um, Lutz obviously was angry about this. Um, so was his wife. Uh, they effectively cut Weber out of any future deal um, that they might have. Weber tried to carry on by himself as a freelance writer, um, but the Lutzes sued him and eventually they all settled it. Mm. Uh, DeFeo later said that um, he never wanted to claim insanity. He said his credibility was suspect and his explanation for the crime was Baroque. His mother and sister had been involved in the killings too. So he accused them of getting involved. In his appearance before his parole board in 1999, DeFeo explained that he had actually been only killed one of his sisters, Dawn 17. He claimed she had been responsible for the rest of the murders herself. I loved my family very much. The parole board did not believe him. And finale, Annabelle. What's wrong with Annabelle? Um, the scepticism from this case comes from the fact that the only accounts and info come from the warrants themselves. Which, if someone goes up to you and goes, this demon, this doll's possessed, you just have to believe them. Mm. Um, the case is their own account, and the doll was taken and kept by them in a case which is not to be opened. Which yeah. is bollocks, because they say, if you touch this doll, you'll get possessed. But you can't touch it, though. But they take it out all the time now. No, they, they don't. It's, it hasn't been opened. Since they put it in there, it hasn't been opened. Oh, right. Yes, yeah, so you're not allowed to touch it, which it just... It, it, mm, okay. It is questionable. It's very questionable. 
Um, and this is just general nonsense from the Warrens, I think. Okay. Rather than being relegated to one particular case, the Warrens have investigated over the years. Uh, the entirety relates to the demonologist's me- methods, methods yeah, yeah. For, fo- uh, for, for photographing the spirits. Uh, the newly slightly spiffier version of the Warrens' website does not feature this info, but over at their old archive page, there's a section called... Taking Psychic Photographs. Which features such helpful hints as... Load your camera after you get to the site. Lorraine Warren believes that this gives recognition to the spirits and gives them maximum opportunity to imprint on the film. Use an autofocus or fixed focus camera with an automatic flash. The more powerful the flash, the better. Assuming you are successful in taking psychic photos, you want to be able to rule out clouds, the moon and so forth as the origin of your psychic photos. Now, those last two instructions are quite specific, aren't they? But yeah. why? Uh, because those supposed psychic photos usually just look like blobs of light. And to be honest, that's because they are. Yeah, yeah. As Stephen Novella writes in his article, Hunting the Ghost Hunters. The vast majority of the Warrens' psychical evidence is photographs. They have hundreds of ghost shots taken by them and those who work for them. The bulk of these photos are simply blobs of light on a piece of film. There are dozens of ways to get such light artefacts onto film, but most fit onto one of three categories. Flashback, light diffraction, or camera cords. Rare double or multiple exposures create more interesting, but still artificial photographs. So basically, um, Ed Warren taught you how to fake photographs. Just make take pictures of fucking floating blobs and say they're ghosts. Damn. So, so, so we're saying that they're not genuine? Um, I, I like to believe in this stuff and I do believe in like demons and stuff but I believe the Warrens were fake Warrens as a couple were fake I believe they wanted to get involved but they had no idea what they were doing really yeah because he was like the only person who was not of the clergy who was allowed to do exorcisms in the Catholic religion was he? I didn't know that that's yeah. interesting yeah he's the only person who is not ordained he did a lot of research into it and yeah. to be a demonologist, you don't need to have special powers. You just need to know your shit. Yeah, which he died. Yeah. Um, he died in 2006, in August, from a stroke. Yeah. And Lorraine uh, carried on doing her stuff in the museum where she died peacefully in her sleep, aged 92, in 2019. So this Damn, year. She did like 13 years without him. She was like, I'm just having a chat with Ed. Yeah. It's and cool. He may not be here physically, but I can still have a chat with him. That's cool. Yeah. And they've still got their museum with all the demon stuff, apparently. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I do like to believe in this stuff because I just think it's interesting and it just it makes life more interesting if you're open to it. Mm. But uh, the Warrens, the Simmons skeptic, like all three of those stories got debunked pretty quickly. Mm. And the Amityville picture of the little boy, I forgot to say, um, they say that it looks like uh, one of the people that they went with just posed. Brilliant. So, nah. and we're supposed to just take their word for it. Yeah. But anyway, if you are into like demons and stuff, I hope that was a bit interesting for you and like ghosts. Um, I'm sure we could sit here all day and talk about like ghost stories and stuff. And I'm sure in a future episode we probably will. Mm. But as for the Warrens, let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know what you think. Um, we'll have pictures up on Instagram. Yeah, we will. And our Facebook page as well. Yeah. And also send us your ghost stories as well because yeah, we'll actually we sit actually there and really read like them to out. Hear ghost stories. Yeah. So if you have any ghost stories, send them over to us. You can send them to our email, which is. That's what people do at gmail.com. That's what people do podcast at gmail.com oh, because see, I tried to get that's what people do at gmail.com but someone's taking it. Apparently, okay, so... For, for right. what? 
I don't know what are you doing. What are you doing? So everyone spam. That's what people do at gmail.com and tell them they're bad people. <sighs> but then also send us your ghost stories at that's what people do podcast at gmail.com. And on that note, I think we're done here. Yeah, man, I, I'm sufficiently spooked out. Yeah, I hope everyone is as well. Have a good night's sleep, Ryan. Ignore and you, the mate. old woman sitting at the end of your bed. Uh, ignore the banging on the door tonight. Oh, man, and the up. sleepy paralysis claws at the top of your bed. The only thing that's stopping me sleeping tonight is this heat. <sighs> but yeah. yeah, man. All right then, boy. It's been fun. See you next week. See you next week. See you later. See you later. Bye.